Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mind Refinery podcast, provided to you by us, the Mind Refinery, creators of content, aggregators of popular culture, and a place where creatives thrive. I'm your host, Kyle Bodanis. This episode, we are continuing to look at our favorite films of the 2010s with John's pick, Denis Villeneuve's Blade Runner 2049. Before we get started, if you haven't checked out and subscribed to the Mind Refinery YouTube channel, do it. Lots of great content, our culinary series plated, new episode of This Is Cosplay, short films, podcasts, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for all your Mind Refinery news. And now, without further ado, here's the show. Okay, here today to discuss John Neal's favorite flick of the 2010s are Mind Refinery creatives, Andrew Lanza. Hey, hey. His first podcast with us today as a speaker, Boyanetic Technical. Yo. And John Neal. Hello. Okay, John, maybe you want to start us off by telling us a little bit about why you love Blade Runner. 2049 in particular. 2049. <laughs> yes, 2049. Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, did the original Blade Runner come the, out in the last two years? the other one. Yes, maybe. It, yeah, it was like 2011, I think. <laughs> yeah, they just did a ninth cut of it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I have two main reasons why. Okay. Uh, the first is because in an era that I feel has been largely defined by like sequels and franchises and soft reboots, it's in, in this case being 30 years, I think it's the best one that's done it so far. Um, narratively, technically, and um, the ensemble performance by the cast. And uh, the second reason is because it's a standalone film on its own. And it, uh, it makes the original film better. It adds to the ethos of Blade Runner. Uh, the world of the story and opens up so many possibilities for other for other stuff as well. I mean, when they first were like, "We're doing another Blade Runner," I'm like, "Oh yeah." Bits and pieces of my childhood just keep getting very nervous. Away. But then, as, as soon as you heard who was doing it, yeah, Villeneuve, it was and still, Deacons. yeah, still though. I had the whole Star yeah, Wars yeah. flashback. I, I agree, but scenario you, you have those two. It's just like again, cautiously optimistic going in, absolutely, but absolutely. absolutely but if, but if you heard they were making a Blade Runner sequel and it didn't have those two names attached to it, or at least kind of those level of prestige, yeah. you would be super worried and be like, this yeah. is a cash grab. Yeah, if it was totally. like McG, like Terminator Salvation or yeah. something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Would, it's oh like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Also, exactly. I think just uh, Delaney, uh, sorry, Denny Villeneuve's body of work leading up to Blade Runner, Arrival specifically being the last film he did before it, seeing that I was like, okay. Yeah. I think the, the tone, I feel I feel a lot better about the this. tone of that film. Uh, it, it really transferred into into Blade Runner. Same thing, like the the subtleness and the the slow pacing. Like he's not afraid of that stuff. He's he handles it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm. we're you know, and we're gonna get into the whole you know, Denny Villeneuve thing because I think I feel like this movie is a huge flex for him. It's like he becomes the you know the man of the hour at this point, and obviously he's moving forward to do Dune. Which I mean, after these movies, I mean, yeah. realistically, who else? If anybody else is attached to Dune, yeah. maybe other than Christopher Nolan, you're pro. And even then, I'd like Den. It's you're not going to be too excited. About it. Like what I want to do though is to start. What are our favorite scenes? Favorite sequences? I mean, like for me, my favorite going into this, you know, into this discussion, uh, the Vegas when they start getting into Las Vegas, and you just see like how they decide to do it. It's just like incredible. Um, the, I mean, we'll get more into the Deacons, but like how the, their inspiration for shooting it was literally a picture of a dust sto- of the dust storms mm. in 2009 in uh, Australia, like and of the Sydney Harbour. Yeah, <laughs> but so like they literally, you know, in some of the in some of the uh, on like features I was looking at on YouTube, they were like, this is they had a picture and like this is what we kind of want the whole Las Vegas to look like. Yeah. And then getting into the whole Decker thing, I thought mm. it was, like and meeting him again was. Absolutely fantastic. I would say that scene's probably, it's one of my two favorites in the movie. The mm-hmm. other ones I really like are the Wallace headquarters oh, yeah. scenes. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the, even the Chinatown stuff in the streets was was amazing, and the orphanage in, in the in the junkyard in it's San Diego. so good. I, I thought I, mean, I thought specifically talking about with the, um, at the, sorry, what was, what was the facility called? Uh, the Wallace headquarters. Wallace headquarters. The, the one with Deckard and Jared Leto yeah. right at the end. And like they're just like coming in and out of darkness, and you have that like hard backlight, and like anything done in those rooms with like that kind of like the water shimmering the water going bug, on yeah, in the yeah. background. Yeah. I'm a fan of, but like it's just like hyper stylized and how they're just coming in and out of darkness, and they're each kind of like playing these hands at the, at each other, and they're just yeah, like it, I just thought that was just yeah. the perfect visual representation. If of that I remember scene. reading this correctly, it's not like some kind of randomized effect that they did. It's not like an effect on a light. 
it was it was like programmed in that scene to to the light and the shadow to move in a certain way at certain parts of the scene so you it makes sense when you watch it when when uh oh yeah it's choreographed yeah it's choreographed so when decker like sits back or something after uh uh, you know point in point like it it go he goes in the shadow like jared little comes out of shadow 100 percent. like you can tell those lighting cues were like to the like second Mm -hmm. if like not to like to the frame you know what i mean yeah they were that that scene was from from like a lighting standpoint and just all those lighting cues was just masterful honestly that whole that whole building well this whole building is is just like an ethereal other like he already believes he's god right yeah Yeah. and i mean you kind of you kind of is yeah you believe him like his performance is you know we'll, we'll talk about that later i'm sure but he he really pulls that off. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's just Jared Leto's specialty. Also, the, the that score. building, that building, yeah, the score. The score, the score in, in, in that, that scene, oh that that God, like yeah. that like deep like, uh, yeah. it almost sounds like a like a Buddha it's, uh, yeah. like temple yeah. type yeah. low like uh, like choir a hum or something. Of, uh, like what, what's what's like that throat chanting? What's, yeah, what's it called? Ooh. Oh, like the Tibetan. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I yeah it's really it's cool. called like a specific. Yeah, I can't. But it, oh, like over that, over that architecture and that environment, though, it, it really yeah. sinks in. I think it does the job quite well. Yeah, no, that and, that and stuff it does is that while also, uh, you know, connecting it back to uh, Tyrell and, and his and his building, his pyramid and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like that same sort of, I don't know, iconography and style, but doing its own thing and doing it because I think Wall- I mean Wallace is a special next level crazy like psycho ceo who thinks he's god tyrell was was small potatoes for him I, what do you guys think about the opening scene i was Dave literally Bautista? just oh i, I was love literally about the to, that was scene. that was my so next one it's yeah so good. Uh, something about that do you know a trivia bit about that opening scene hit me with it so the one of the original scripts for the first blade runner had deckard showing up at a farm and um retiring a replicant who was a farmer and so that opening scene with the pot on the stove was literally in the storyboards from the behind-the-scenes documentary on from the first Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Dangerous Days cool. is the name of the documentary that sends, and they put it at the beginning of this movie. So that was like shot but cut, or no? It was it was it was, it was originally shot. scripted and originally storyboarded as the opening but scene they never for shot Blade it? Runner, and they never did it. They did something else. That's really cool. I didn't know that. And they pushed it into this one. Yeah, and I, I love that opening scene, like that that whole sequence, and the fight oh scene God. is like. It's fucking good. intense like it's visceral like that's a fight you the, know what i mean the I, other thing i like is how they use a lot of silence and then when the violence sort of happens it's way more impactful mm-hmm, because yeah. it's not wall to wall tension yeah yeah tension before i worked on a, a set where dave bautista was on it and uh i got to actually like <clears throat> meet him and talk to him and um he, he was very generous with explaining what the process was of doing it and he was just like you could feel the tension on set you know, I mean, him and, you know, um, Ryan Gosling, you know, making sure they were they were kept apart a bit. And then, so, you know, to keep that, you know, to elevate that tension, to drive home this thing that's done with, like, physical acting and rather than lots of dialogue. And the dialogue that does come in is good and interesting and, you know, explain thing, explains things. So you get a sense of, you know, the remaining conflict between, you know, replicants and the, you know, and the society. But you also, you know, get those, those the character things and... You know where we're at from you know the the first movie. It was it was really 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 yeah. well done. And and Dave Bautista was amazing in that role too. Ten he's minutes of good. screen time and yeah. what a impact that he had. Ooh, he's great, good, yeah. great, great scene. Um, he's, even he's just like credit. it leads open like it leads to him. You know, uh, uh Gosling out front. What well, what was his name in the, in the okay. movie? Okay, right, obviously. Um, out front he's like looking at the, like the flower and like how that just kind of like encapsulates like just like that whole scene. Again, it's like, that's like a thesis for like the whole movie, essentially. Mm-hmm. Which is well, what you want in an opening scene, yeah. right? It's, yeah, it's all. It's like a it's thesis all, statement. Yeah. Yeah, they're absolutely. all like subtle, like paintings. There's, you know, there's so much gray in that shot where you say that, you know, with the flower. But he noticed this is one detail that stands out, and it's already there's just a mystery throughout the whole film, uh, in in every shot where things like that, where a detail will stand out, uh, and you don't know what it is, and you're never really gonna get it explained fully, but you'll you'll it'll yeah. bring you to the next scene. It'll draw you right away, mm-hmm. and that's that does it in the first scene yeah. of the film. Thankfully, Denis was uh, kept those layers in there, just like yeah. the the original has so many layers, like visual layers and then yeah. visual cues for stuff like that. Um, oh, even more so that like there's a probably I'm, I guarantee you a million that's gone over all our heads. Sure, like, yeah, it's just so 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 dense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna talk about. Uh, um, the main character in Gosling, 
mm-hmm. and how he's, uh, in my opinion, I think this movie's better than the original, from especially from a narrative perspective, because I like it mm-hmm. the original, because the main character is, and that's my biggest criticism of the first one, is that Deckard is really not that interesting of a, of a main character in the first movie. He doesn't really drive the movie. It's more the concept that drives yeah. the movie. But this movie, uh, the main character is way more interesting. It's also not as likable. And maybe maybe that's Deckard? the perspective of watching Deckard. It you mean now? Yeah, that's Deckard. because the main the main protagonist yeah. is really Batty. Batty yeah. is the he's main protagonist. He's definitely an antihero, yeah. and he's and he's uh, pour one out for my homie Rucker Howard. <laughs> Uh, wow. And I love, I love the. Uh, I mean, I, it's jumping to the end, but I, I love the homage to Tears into Rain at the at the very end of it when it with the snow. It's, yes, and it's done so tastefully. Like it, that could have been just like they could have put his audio over it with his voice. They could have done just some ugly stuff that you've seen in other yeah. remakes and reboots and soft bullshit. It was also it was like the so best beautiful. way to show Ryan Reynolds dies without him phys- like you know Ryan Reynolds. Sorry, Ryan. I keep see this is what I was worried about. I keep worried about <laughs> saying Ryan Gosling. The problem is they're both dreamy and Canadian and it's hard to uh separate them. Yeah. So uh <clears throat> but um I almost lost my completely my point because of I was thinking about how dreamy they were. Yeah. Um you know like it really is the confirmation that Kay is dead and because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like a reading just some internet stuff and like even some stuff on reddit they're like debate about whether or not k is dead and i'm like yeah. how i thought he was the, dead yeah I mean, no he's yeah. i think I you know really what it is you gotta be down with the first movie but they also there's that like profile shot of him and he's like breathing and then like he pretty much stops breathing yes yeah. i don't know i kind of i just assumed he was dead i'm pretty sure they, it's like a, they said that he was dead it's yeah. like he's a dead. meaning <laughs> yeah you know, it, it pour it one out for my homie k <laughs> it does the same as the other one and where Vinny. it gives him a meaningful death like he there's a there's a realization and a and a, and a character growth that he comes through right before dying same mm-hmm. thing as batty did in, in in uh the original yeah, yeah at the same so. time i mean there was like a lot of symbolism in uh, like especially like you like in the female roles oh yeah like you had joy and then you had love mm-hmm. and like essentially i mean it's like it's a little on the nose like i appreciate it but like he has to drown love yeah and he has to sacrifice joy mm-hmm. to you know have deckard meet his daughter it, is it on the nose though i mean it's i don't know i feel like it's, it's Do you know what it reminded me of remember in children of men at the i'm like this movie's dope and then the ship named tomorrow yeah <laughs> comes, i'm like come on yeah that's i mean so i mean it's not ass. that's it's not really it's, uh, the movie's incredible i'm just like <laughs> yeah. i'm just like wow that movie was and what but but, but, but you know what sometimes joy is spelled j-o-y yeah. oh yeah okay. it's different wow but love is l-u-v but yeah so i mean yeah there's like a little bit of uh like a literal yeah i mean as i said it was i appreciated it i thought i thought it was good um but yeah the it he I don't know where I was going. So, with that. like, one of the things I love about this movie, like, the first movie is kind of a great concept movie for cyberpunk and all that. And it, there's interest, like, there's a lot of layers there. But this movie really drives home the theme of what the first one should have really been about, which is what is human. And that this movie mm-hmm. just attacks it, mm-hmm. um, like the first one did not attack it. The first one was very much more ab, like, sort of abstract, and you know, you kind of had to go looking for those themes in the first one. But I I'm, think that's this part one, of the evolution, though, it of, is. of the language. Because yeah. Blade Runner was like pretty much one of the form formative things, along with uh, uh what was it, oh, Necromancer? No, it doesn't matter. It, along with like a couple books, it was it was it formed the cyberpunk genre. Mm-hmm. And now we have that language, we have understanding of the, of that uh, of that those themes. So then they just evolved on, and they've evolved it in a meaningful way. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you need to establish that base language before yeah. you you make that evolution. I also think too, like you're trying to get the first one made. So like mm. what th- the first one has, especially in comparison to this one, mm. and also like how many cuts they've done in the film, a very simplistic plot. Yep. Mm. Dude is got to mm. kill this guy. Right. Yeah. Right. And then it's all the other stuff, you know, from outside of it. Whereas this one has a lot of other stuff embedded into it because you're yeah. looking at. Kay's idea of goes back to this idea of like theme of what is human mm-hmm. and all that. So Kay's experiencing that. Joy's experiencing that. They all um, to an extent. Wallace is ex- coming at that from another from the, you know the antagonist angle. So it's really you're, there's more tension and more stakes in this one because mm-hmm. they really embrace the character. Whereas yes, I agree. The first one was very much like one. Can we do it? Can we get it made and financed? Mm-hmm. How are we going to do like because and you especially see with all the cuts. Oh, it's like still... getting it past the studio, like the final final cut. Uh, we've done like how many 
It was yeah. like, what is it, four? It was four cuts, I think. The, the last cut, the, I think, the was final like, cut. The final being cut Ridley's, 2008, Being right? Ridley's yeah. Yeah. happiest version of the movie. Yeah. I that's I the only one where he has, like, full mm-hmm. artistic control. Well, that's the one that they base the sequel off of. Like, they've publicly mm-hmm. said many times, this is the sequel to the final and cut. Well, well I, I know director's cut for Blade, the original Blade Runner, he had, like, nothing to do with. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird. That yeah, they just added well, and the, and the, the theatrical cut? release was also a disaster. Yeah. And like, if you, if you ever watch videos of, of the promotional material for that, it's, it's an With Harrison Ford's different movie, voiceover? and that's why it didn't yeah. do well. Yeah. That's why, it, like, I mean, I'm sure it was not an easy movie to ingest mm-hmm. either way, but that promotion. I feel also the, um, the, also, sorry, just quickly, no, no, with, uh, with, with the original, like, at the same time, too, that was, like, a special effects vehicle. Like, they yeah. invented shit for that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that... Like the like the, from a technical like a VFX standpoint, that movie is out of control. Yeah. It's, it's it's really it's, so, it's still it's really so, holds so up. Good. It aged very doing like 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 multiple well. exposures, oh, like yeah. going over like the same the exposure on film. Stuff. I mean, yeah, it's it's also, at the beginning, well, like I've, with the miniatures and everything. Well, it's it's the last in camera special effects movie. Like com- like there's no computer yeah, special effects yeah. in it. This was like was it 80, 80 something. When did it come out? Uh, sorry, I think it's eighty two. Yeah. yeah, to be exact. So that's kind of like the peak of your practical effects yeah, era exactly, before yeah. VFX starts, you know, cool. getting it, getting in there, and yeah. you know, doing good things. But it, it wasn't in a, a practical. Was Douglas Trumbull? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so, so guys, I'd like to move on and talk about where is this for Denny Villeneuve? And the big question is this. With this movie, has he done his best, or is his best yet to come? Dude, no, still dude. coming. And honestly, if, if anybody, if he hadn't done this movie, and if anybody else was, they called anybody else to do Dune, I, I would not be as confident with it as I am. Yeah, now. I don't know. And Dune is, Dune is a beast. Dune is, is so out there, and it's going to be hard to both ground in and make its characters likable and interesting to, to, to most audiences because it's just an out there story, but it's one of the most essential sci-fis out there. And I, I'm confident in the way he's, I mean, I've only read the first Dune book. Um, it's the best. Yeah. But um, the other ones are worth it. I'm confident in, in kind of his ability to do it because what he did with this one is he added complexity through characters and through characters created themes. He didn't mm-hmm. try to inject things that are in it. Like, he tried to make this a statement about the sociopolitical, like, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It was like, he created characters that had conflicts that needed to be resolved. And though and in those journeys, you got thematic elements. So it all comes out naturally. Yeah. And I think Dune is one of the books where you could absolutely overcomplicate yeah. it. You have to find the story that's in it. You got to find the key thing, focus on that, and then don't, and then augment it rather than... So, like, another, you know, some... He knows when to be simplistic, and he knows when to be complex. And you know, the arrival, you know, arrival, um, and Blade Runner. I thought, like, especially Blade Runner, because he could. This could have gone. I mean, we're going to discuss whether or not the sequel should be made. Should have been made, which obviously it should have. But like, he just did. He just really did. It could have gone bad. Voted, gone bad. voted director of the decade by the Hollywood Critics Association. Wow. Wow. Um, I don't see. Him. Yeah, like, dude, I mean, dude it's... kills it. He just keeps getting better and better. Honestly, he's Canadian. I, yeah, well. But yeah, but I mean, on on the sorry on the, on the topic of of what you were just saying is Blade Runner manages to with so little without putting anything too in your face saying hey this is you know this future this sci fi it says so much about that world a world with so little and makes you imagine what the rest of that world is yeah. Dune is this massive massive world with so much detail in it if you try and present that detail in a movie. Uh, you're gonna overwhelm the audience, and you, the story's gonna get lo- the story's gonna get lost in it. So if, if he can manage to do what he did with Blade Runner, doing his he doing makes fun. special effects benign, yeah, in a good way, yeah. right? Where yeah. they're where it almost becomes production up exclusively production design, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't, other than knowing visual effects and how they're put together, like you don't in this. I think the goal, you know, when you're creating visual, you know, visual, you know, computer generated backgrounds and you know and stuff. You you don't want to see a lot of seams where the production bizo- design ends and where the vis- and where the visual effects begin. And I think that's what's really good about it. Because if you look, even with like you were saying, like the effects in the original, it's like you're not you're not looking at something that is that isn't organic. You're looking at something that is it. You feel it's real. Mm-hmm. You feel you're there. You feel it's not just made in a in a lab. It's and gritty, like it's it's gritty, yes. but and like the world feels lived in in the way that like the old Star yeah. Wars movies, and, the yeah, world feels yeah. lived in. And know? and Villeneuve does that in Arrival. Yes. Like he's really good. That's, with it. That's what I think is his best. Yeah. Honestly, I, I liked I liked Arrival better than um, Blade Runner, personally. 
Um, I also, Arrival's like kind of a newer. It's a newer like it's like it's, it's an original. Yeah. Yeah. You're using, but I mean, I know, but we're we're you. No, 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 absolutely. No, 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 no. I think I think no, no. I think you're. I think. But I think when if someone says Arrival, that's 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 just such a like what I love. I like we we talked about it last time. Or the simple concept movies, like that movie was just simple concept. It's another one too, and you know what? Even some of his other like if we just uh, obviously passed the. the anniversary of the Polytechnic shooting in Montreal. He did the, the movie Polytechnic, and it was like it is. It could have been been. It could have been so ham fisted, and like a morality tale. But he just really honors, you know, what happened, and um, I, I just it was just really it's re- it's just a really haunting movie that he did so well yeah. and it just like the start and then obviously you know some of his other sicario sicario uh, that i love sicario it's probably my favorite uh Denny movie outside of blade runner but uh like how many it's hard to fucking how many shows and movies in the one. last 10 years have been made Wait, about was that when like they dr- worked together first time yeah Deacons yes and, oh, okay. and, yeah. 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 yeah but like how many movies have been made or shows about you know drugs and, oh, and narcotic smuggling and and that one to me sticks out like a sore thumb as a as an one of the I top think, I think, movies made about I, it. I think Sicario 2, Day of the Soldado is <laughs> a far superior. Is that, is this yeah. movie, is that movie good? Honestly, I've, I no, haven't seen it. No, it's it, the I first one. I did not see it. The I've first seen one scenes is, from it that look really good. I haven't seen it. Watch it's, it's, it. The problem is the first one uh, is just so good. And the second one, I don't know. I didn't really like the second one. All that um, also, I mean, fucking prisoner. Prisoner. Oh, See, so this good. is what I'm saying. So when, you're, when you're like, when you're like a so rival, good. it's like, yeah, man, you could. There's so many of these that you could debate. Yeah. About like totally. Pr- like, pr- like prisoner is just a fucking grimy movie. You yes. just feel like you need a shower after that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like you just feel like a piece of shit. Like it's so good. The characters, like it's so ambiguous. I love it. I yeah. love. I love prisoner. I think we can all agree that uh, it's hard to pick a a Denny Villeneuve movie that is necessarily his best. But now, you know, and we don't know if he's done his best because we have Dune looming. And then also, like, he's not that old. And uh, he's... Denny? How, how old is he, actually? I have no idea. I think he's... He's got to be in up. his 40s. That's what I, thought, like, I, th- like, I think that's... he's, like, mid, mid he's to got, late you know, 40s. He's salt and pepper. He's not... He's not yeah. yeah. 42, old. we're getting... He's born 45. in 1967. 52. 52. Okay. We're way wow. off. I think uh, George Lago's technical and uh, partner at Mind Refinery. Um, what I want to do is, guys, <laughs> and uh, talk about Roger Deacon. Uh, we've talked a lot about Roger Deakins because we feel the need to beat off to Roger Deakins as often as possible. This is the Roger Deakins podcast. This is yeah. almost Roger could be Deacons the Roger Deakins. <laughs> Welcome to the Roger Deakins pod. He's Shot good. Sponsored by Kino Flow. Um, <laughs> is this his best? I think visually this is Deakins' yeah. is one or two best. My other one that I would challenge for it is Skyfall. I love the way Skyfall I, I said it last. Oh, you said I, Assassination what? of Jesse Yeah, James. I said Assassination of Jesse James. I mean, he has such a, I mean, Sid Nancy maybe? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, Gary Oldman, Sid and Nancy, just over the top. It's, not a, it's, it's not a very good I'm, movie. I'm, I'm in the camp life. that this is his best, and partially, I mean, obviously, amazing work. But uh, when a when a when a DP gets to do sci-fi and a DP that good gets to do sci-fi, that's a world that you completely create. Yeah. Versus another one where you're uh, more tied to uh, a realism or, or a certain time era or whatever. Yeah. So you don't. Obviously, you can be as creative as you as you can get, but with with the, with the sci-fi, you can you can really just design everything. Yeah. And also, he could have, and he wouldn't have though, because it's Deacons. But like, I mean, there's a visual sort of style already in place for this as well, mm. in a way, because of the first movie. And this did not feel like the first movie's cinematography. It, it like reminds you of it, but in a completely original sort of yeah, which is an extremely like, way. Like that's, an, a, that's an a challenge. That's yeah. a yeah. huge it's challenge to. To call back to the original one, w- but do your own thing, mm. that that is masterclass cinematography that I think uh, adds an extra level of challenge that makes this his best work. He works well with production designers, too. Production oh, yeah. designer on this, uh, Dennis Gassner. Again. Uh, really, really, really good at work. Like, you guys, you have to, people, you know, really un- don't think too much like who aren't in the know like film wise about you know the really tight relationship you need between production designer and cinematographer Mm. and like it just again it's the seams not knowing where one ends and the other begins and um of you know cinematography visual effects and um just really 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 good um really well really well put together like i would but could anybody in my opinion no could anybody else another cinematographer have effectively done this movie um and yeah probably only somebody in deacon's class yeah of like yeah. the top top level mm-hmm. i don't know i, I think, think like cronin with maybe yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. maybe you're probably looking at Cronenworth. Um, this I, I isn't like Feister would probably do a pretty mm. good job. Wally, yeah, because he's on the he's on the the, the Chris Nolan tip. Yeah, so he, 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 on like those like big budget like like yeah. Mm-hmm. Who was the Who was the original uh, the, the original DP? Cronenworth's father. Yeah, it was his father. Okay. Jordan. Jordan. Jordan Cronenworth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So look at this DNA. Yeah, man. It's uh, no, but yeah. The 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 other thing I was gonna say about the visuals is the production design. Again, it's a Dennis Gassner operation, but. That combined with just the seamless VFX mm-hmm. in, in this movie really just... And we only talked on it a little bit, but the the score again, oh, like, oh so just good. ties everything together. So like, good. you have yeah. those, like, almost, like, those noise that sound like a car revving up or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a lawnmower. I don't How know what How much Hans is. Zimmer do we have <laughs> Yeah, I, know, I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we have, have a we next have, Hans is... I, I feel like they, they those it's like things with Hans Zimmer and Roger Deakins just like custom like just take our money. Yeah, this is the Hans Zimmer and Roger Deakins pod, podcast now. <laughs> and he had a collaborator on this Benjamin Wolf uh, Wolfish as well. Yeah, yeah. shout out to that. Remind me who was the Greek guy that did the original? Vangelis. So Vangelis is probably I think, my cousin. I think Hans Zimmer. I mean, that money's not trickling down. Trickle down economics is same thing. What I said about Deakins, where like it has to be notes of the old, but with your own and original. And respectful of the old, the Hans Zimmer literally did the same thing in the music. It's the it's hard to do in music because oh, you're so using good. you got to like grab the little themes that come mm-hmm. up, but then like the binding between you know it's it's super. You need yeah. someone who's intelligent, and then you know Benjamin Wilfish really brought that like digital like noise. Mm. Just you know it's yeah. it's you know really 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 good. Um, when I left the theater, um, I had the Mesa score just in my head while we were walking out after the movie just in the city with all the the buildings after like that that really re- that was something like really really powerful that that part where they're flying to San Diego just that that music there i don't know what it was it was just instantly ingrained mm-hmm. yeah have you guys seen the latest episode of this is cosplay it features kin chan the armorer and run of the mill creative genius from wampan's cosplay you really need to see what this guy does to believe it the series is put together by the Mind Refinery creative team and is a visually engaging look at identity, community, and passion. If you're a fan of cosplaying, gaming, anime, a comic book lover, or like us, general fans of nerddom, this series is for you. And now, back to the show. I want to move on to the performances. I mean, we already talked about uh, Ryan Reynolds, yep. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Um, what do we think? Uh, uh, Ana de Armas. Um, oh, she's Anna fantastic. I'm a big fan Sorry, of hers. What like, is the girl uh, that, that played um, the prostitute? Oh, that's Mackenzie Davis. She was in uh, Halt and Catch Fire, a really, really cool show about like kind of the the beginning of like the video game um, like hacking culture in the early '80s. And uh, she was she's really good, mm. and she was really good in that show too. Yeah. So aside from uh, Ana de Armas, who I thought was incredible in this. Is, was this was this her first big movie? I haven't seen her in anything uh, else been before in other this stuff. She's been in a couple but, stuff yeah. European too. She's Spanish. Yeah, yeah. Sylvia Hex, I believe I'm saying, or Hoax. Yes, Hoax. The uh, woman played that love. played Love. Yeah. Oh, to me, yeah, she, she stole. She the was movie great. She was she was on. She, she played it. that like perfect, yeah. like almost kind of like cold and uncaring, but then also this like background of like very intense. I don't know. It so. Was, it yeah, was well, it was she, she was once amazing. again I, though we have a situation where at the end of the first movie you sympathize with batty right yeah the antagonist in this movie you exactly the same thing but you don't even realize it that you sympathize with love because yeah. of her need to sort of prove herself to wallace and do all these things for him and prove that she's, she's not like just a clo- yeah yeah not and just a you just feel so bad for her also she's robert patrick when, when cold yeah you know what i mean the only other pr- scariest like she, like she plays that t1000 level yeah, exactly. cold yeah. but then but like t1000 was just like with cold like but intensity yeah, yeah exactly yeah. she has like in the background like, yeah, she, like there's, there's things going on exactly not just her. yeah exactly and i think the idea i mean if he's if he, if he thinks he's god and he's got it or, or god in that film then he she's like his disciple yeah and that, that's how and she looks to him like yeah. like like she works for god like that's how seriously yeah. she takes her work even mm-hmm. even if she's not pro i mean she might be programmed to do that that way but Either way, it's it's everything she pulls off is is incredible. And just that's and, yeah, and the scene where the and then when she just shoots the Sean Young replicant, um, yeah. like just ice cold. Sc- ice ice cold. cold. Yeah. That yeah. scene she was ice cold. Any, anything for Wallace, right? Just mm-hmm. trying to prove. But that's like every single character in this movie that is a replicant has in different ways sort of the same sort of drive, which is to kind of be accepted to have 
um, a relationship or to have connection with something else, to sort of be yeah. human. And they're all chasing it in, in all these different ways. And you're testing your themes against your characters at all times. Mm -hmm. And all of yeah. them, like, it's there in, yeah. in all of them. And she's one of the... And she's the more you know maniacal, yeah. not but you know it, version of it, and it it's just done so well. The, like her performance is fantastic. The final fight scene, I really it's really enjoyed. So good. Um, what and, on the uh, boat? Uh, yeah, on the seawall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just yeah. really cool where she's and then when they're on the kind of the beach and she's coming at him, just like stab. It's just such. And it's just one shot I was of about her to coming say, in. Yeah, it it's exactly. just really those. Th that's when you. That, I love action where it's just like the one shots. Like get this fucking happen. quick cuts out of my face. Yeah, calm like, down, uh, Jason Bourne. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah, we don't need Liam Neeson jumping over a fence and 20, 30 shots of him. Doing, yeah, yeah, like yeah. come on, just yeah. let me see the action. Make it good. Yeah, yeah. but like uh, as far as Gosling goes, he's the perfect replicant. Yeah. Just in the way he, he sort of so has good. the and, and, and dreamy. The film really <laughs> sort of uh, the when I saw the. Um, uh, what's the name of the new Void Comp uh, sequence where they're testing the replicants? Right. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. Where they're trying to watch their baseline. emotional the baseline, baseline test. Baseline. What, that, that scene happened, intense. and when yeah. it was over, I was just like, okay, it was, we're, we're about to. Yeah, so this is going to be. Yeah, this is going to be good. He's uh, he's like he's so good in the movie because he's got like he's almost one of the most human people in mm -hmm. that movie. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. In a movie about humanity, there's not a lot of humanity in it. Yeah. Um, and he's got these like nice little moments where he's just like like he's so stone cold for a lot of the movie, but then he's like grins yeah. like a goof a couple times, and you just you know what I mean? And, and he's just, trying to creak in. Yeah. There's like yeah. human. There's like what he, there's like the difference between those moments where he's not the engineered thing anymore. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You're yeah. totally right. That's a good. Um, point. So, so that I, I that's what I really liked. That's what I thought Gosling did it really good. He brought that to the role, and yeah. I mean that's on the page, but at the same time, like he. He, he uh, executed yeah. it perfectly. He's super versatile. Like the big short, he's fantastic. Oh, so funny. And with, the, with the literal complete opposite yeah. of yeah. this performance. And it's like, and it, he was so good in that. Breaker High? Breaker High, he was fantastic. The Notebook, Abs I wept. Magnum, Magnum Opus was, yeah. was Breaker High for me. Yeah. I mean, there's this episode <laughs> where he almost left the boat because he had another opportunity. Listen, and I'm no, like, note to self. No, yeah. yeah. The, other, the other thing I thought was really cool just about his arc in this movie is. Um, it literally is sort of paralleling Anastaline's sort of story in a, in a lot of ways. The yeah. Deckard's daughter, right, who plants the dream, right, mm -hmm. in, in, in the, these with replicants. The, with the horse. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and Gosling finding out that he's really nobody, right, at, at the end of yeah. the movie. But he has still two realizations, right? He has, yeah. You, you're fooled into the false one where he thinks he is the, 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 the child yep. because of that memory, mm -hmm. yeah. even after he goes to her, right? Mm -hmm. And he, he gets pissed off because now, oh, now I'm this child and I have to get run away. And then he has a second realization where he's not. And that's just. And, that and, and his so and his drive is just to be, again, uh, like human. And in doing mm -hmm. so, he makes the decision to reunite a father with exactly. his daughter mm -hmm. instead of siding with the replicant uprising, which he could do or siding with the police that want the whole thing wiped out. He chooses mm -hmm. just to do this very human thing, mm -hmm. even though he knows he's going to die and he's got, you know. As long as he does something human in the end, I guess. Also, Carla Yuri, uh, who plays Stellene in that movie, was mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is great casting and oh, great, great performances. Like I said, the ensemble performance by everybody for me is what kind of sealed the deal. Mm -hmm. in the we already end. talked about David Bautista; he was great. Mm -hmm. uh, and Harrison Ford. Uh, really uh, we're forgetting yeah. the uh, his his boss, uh, Madam. I forget what her, what her oh, name is. Oh, uh, Robin Wright. Oh, she's, yeah, Robin. She's good in whatever she. Whether she's Gen A. If she's Jenna, if she's even in House of Cards, although that show went off the rails, but she's good. Um, she's she's great. She's yeah, really, really, really talented. I had she's, I had some minor issues with with her performance, like just as far as her being the overbearing sort of like demanding kind of boss. Yes, but not like it didn't kill it at all. But it was one of the probably the weakest one of the bunch. I think. If Honestly, I'm totally I thought fair. I thought Harrison Ford was the weakest. Oh, no, definitely not. No way. Uh, Dude, best performance know. in years from Harrison Ford. That's not saying much, though. It's not as good as Hollywood homicide. Still. I mean, it's still yeah. saying a lot for him, though. I, I don't know. I just, I, I'm just saying, I didn't think he was bad. Don't get me wrong. I just thought compared to everybody else, I just thought he was a little flat compared to everybody else. He was like, he was playing Harrison Ford. Like, my, yeah, like you just I've can't seen get him. away from the cranky old guy. Yeah, role, like, I've seen, uh, is, I've is seen him, I've seen Harrison my, Ford play yeah. Harrison Ford in every movie. The, the, the cranky Jeff. old guys is yeah. my, is my problem. I feel like our first baptism of Harrison Ford is like, he's like dashingly handsome and charismatic and funny. And in these ones now, he's just like, like, calm down, geriatric solo. Like, <laughs> 
but I mean, he was. I but don't get me wrong. He's not bad. But at, I'm just the, saying, at the to same time, everybody. I else. thought he was good, and his scene with um, Jared, Jared Leto was really good. That's, that's, that's yeah, yeah. I still think that's I, again that's the strongest. That's the strongest. So like uh, that's, I think that's so I can so movie, like yeah but. for that is and then he he's just like I can't do it and he's like what if I give you a <laughs> Sean Young uh, replicant would you do it no, no. I'm just like wow he sounds like Batman. Yeah, he's just very uh, good with it. And uh, what about let's talk with Jared Leto? Oh, yeah, he was. This great. is perfect, Jared Leto. This yeah. is like idealized Jared Leto. When he does something like this, this is when he's, he's like, the best. Have you seen Thirty Seconds to Mars? <laughs> yeah, it's it's popular to hate We're on replicants. him because yeah. of his Joker performances, but uh, and of him as a person. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's in when he's yeah. in the right role, he's just incredible. His yeah, his range like in Dallas Buyers Club, Club yeah. he literally like I pride in that movie because oh, yeah. he was yeah, it's, it's he was so so good, deservedly won an Oscar. It's rare to get a deservedly won an Oscar. He was fantastic. Um, his range of being in terrible things like um, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's that stupid ba- Batman Suicide Squad? Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, four <laughs> for Suicide Squad. Uh, no, please don't. Um, you know, like Suicide Squad, Thirty Seconds to Mars, like um, like some of these things. You know, like he. But when he is on, when he's got the right role, he is one of his generation's finest, mm-hmm. and has that has that level of capability. And I thought he was he uses up his screen time so well, and he's fantastic. You don't see him a lot in this movie, but you know he really adds that you know godlike corporate overlord that the Terrell Corporation was in the previous one and is it a logical extension of that without being the same thing mm-hmm. without trying to do any crazy tie-ins to the previous Terrell yeah. Corporation and it was absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. I really really thought he was megalomaniacal yeah. and they're actually you know what's funny I, I did not mention this before now I'm looking at my notes and I realize I should have they're actually thinking Denis Villeneuve was actually saying that they might try to make another one so do you so I, I, it, it opens itself up for another one okay, but, but here's the I thing I agree I trust them it, Implicitly, I trust that Denis Villeneuve. So he has said, because I've read about this, because this is a big sticking point for me, he will do it as long as it's an original standalone Blade Runner, something else that has nothing to do with this storyline. Oh, okay. And uh, I like that. And, yeah. and, that world and, is so rich. And, Get him and doing now Star that Wars. he's kind of opened it up, well, think about all the exactly. off... Like, they could do a bunch of stuff off-world, I'd too. I'd love to see that, yeah. Um, well, the replicants were created to mine, like, off-world yeah. and stuff. Um, yeah. Also, about that, he also went ahead and approved... Did you see the three YouTube short films that were taking place before this movie no so they they made three short films one of them uh was by um it was a japanese anime styled short film about the blackout oh nice nice, set in 2022 oh yeah with the rebellion yeah yeah about about the when all the nexus eights rebelled and Mm. they created a blackout that wiped out all trace of everything so they couldn't be caught so it's three different filmmakers that yep so they did kind of like an animatrix type thing and then they did a and then they did a film about porno um, from a real homie animatrix we need more of that (laughs) yeah yeah and they did a film about wallace getting the approval to make replicants again which is set in like 2036, and then they did one about Dave Bautista and kind of what tips them oh, off man. to his location. And he was in it at the like beginning a, of like Blade a pre- Runner, a prequel that like really leads right, right up. Yeah, there. like yeah, the yeah. six month before whatever, Ooh, or less cool. before the. Was first it movie. still yeah, the same actors like Dave yes. Bautista? Uh huh. And you just watch this on YouTube. It's all on YouTube. Wow. And so yeah, so it was, it was why, like why, a... why, why, you, you're holding out on us, man. You gotta tell us before the podcast. This is old. This guy's like a dealer. Yeah, first bits free. But anyway, so that's, a, that's an assignment. So so he gave. Uh, so anyway, that ha- so he approved all that, and he even gave the director. I think Scott, uh, one of really Scott's sons, uh, directed the one with Jared Leto. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, so so so, cool. so they had all this stuff sort of in place to open it up already, and the fact that he's willing to do that and is willing to come back and do an original story, he's the only one I would allow to do it though. Anybody else, it's a no for me after after seeing what he did with this. Because, yeah, I just don't think anybody can tell an original story in this world right now other than Denny Villeneuve. I'm going to check yeah. that out. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like you just lowered my productivity yeah. for the evening. Well, they're not very long, but they're... What are they, like, 10 minutes each type thing? And yeah. honestly, I, I don't know where it comes from, where that idea came from, but if it's, like, we don't trust uh, trailers anymore because another company is going to cut it, we're not going to have input on this, they might fuck it up like they did the last time. This movie came around. Let's do some short films. Let's make yeah, that. They're farming out those trailers. You have no idea. It's just people who are good at cutting trailers. So, so, I mean, this is also why you see people complaining about the trailers versus what happens in the movie because there is a blatant, often disconnect 
between you know between or even them. worse. Here's the whole movie in three minutes. I try not to watch trailers anymore. In three minutes. I think See, that's... The, only, the only time I watch trailers now are if I'm seeing a movie at theaters or like okay if like the new Star Wars trailer comes out I watch it. But other than that, I really try not to watch yeah. trailers. What Chris I'll Nolan did is what Chris Nolan did like when he did um, the first six minutes of um, the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Like and, well, Dark Knight. Did he do Dark... Dark Knight as well? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh the, cool. The I never scene. saw that. I never the saw the bank it. scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're yeah, totally yeah. right. Um, so, like that I think is a really good way of doing it because then you're not con- what you're what Boyan said. You're not le- lending it to some you know or the new have, ones. What what is it called? Um, oh um, Tenet. Ten- Tenet. Tenet. Oh yeah. my god, the fucking Tenet first. Do you know what that would have been good? You know what that would have been good with? Okay, remember Hotel Chevalier? Yeah. Like with um, uh, Darjeeling Limited. Yeah, Darjeeling. Yeah. It's like why don't we? That would have been sick too. What do you mean? Like seeing it before. Seeing what before? Darjeeling Limited. <laughs> like seeing because the short, like with Natalie. I Corbin. did. I did. No, no, no. Like, um, like if that was had been done like that as well, was it? The yeah. When I when I saw when I saw Darjeeling Limited, I saw the the short before. Oh, what I mean is like as instead of a trailer. Instead of a trailer. Oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't see. What, I don't want. No, to no, no. Sorry, I wasn't connecting the dots. Yeah, yeah. So well. instead of yeah. instead of trailers, it's just short films. Yeah. That have I don't know. Yeah, fuck. Oh I'd be down with that. It's, it's this not is the rebirth of short films in in uh, like popular media. If if like everyone just says fuck trailers and we'll just make we'll films. just we'll just do in universe short films that don't tell you anything about the story but tell you about the world and the characters. Before. Well, I mean, I'm all for it. It's, obviously, it's not a, no, they'll never do it's, it's it. It's not a yeah. marketing standpoint. That's not also yeah. one of the no, monetarily. They're like, can we spend instead of just paying the editor and like and for the mastering and all that? They're like, can we just make another <laughs> short film with Dave Bautista, yeah. who like probably his like SAG rate is more expensive mm-hmm. than, than the film than the actual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it's a, it's a marketing budget thing. It's not shoot, it's not a production budget. A marketing budget is that is true. They're putting the, they're putting yeah. seventy. And to be very honest, they didn't really market this film well. But yeah, but no, that no. but that marketing no, budget no. goes into other places. Not I'm just saying trailers. Part of marketing budget and it's always so big that I'm sure they could find. Also, I, I did not like the trailers for 2049 necessarily, and it was one of the things that kind of kept me. Like it was just the way that they cut it, I guess, and what they used. They didn't want to use anything that gave anything away, which is great. And it also hurt the film financially that because they didn't do that. Well, this is the well. What they did right? was is like the whole the problem with the marketing for it. It marketed it, it was marketed on nostalgia. For a movie that's original, didn't do well in the box office. Yeah. Yeah. And I was right? about to and say, unless you're like, yeah, you're, unless you're like a nerd for it, like yeah. it's not it's a cult a film. Huge for sure. We're nostalgic for right. that. Yeah, film. exactly. Uh, yeah. General audiences, maybe not. They probably like they don't remember it. Yeah, well, the like, first uh, one was not well received at all. So yeah. at the time, I mean, now no. it definitely has. Well, like, also the original had that voiceover in it. So well, yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it would have been well received regardless. But yeah, I mean, now now there's definitely like a niche market for it, but it's not. You can't just yeah. You can't market it off the back. They should have been. Completely. What they should have been doing is marketing the original story part of this. Uh, obviously, friggin' Ryan Reynolds, yeah. uh, <laughs> Ryan Gosling. Like, like you have an actor of that caliber and that profile. Like, we should see him more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't just be like that. Uh, a one shot of Harrison Ford, and then you know what I mean? Like, don't don't trade on the nostalgia. Honestly, I don't. Also. I don't even think I saw a trailer for Twenty Forty Nine. Maybe like once. Like if, if I was forced to again, I don't watch trailers. I really try to avoid them. I think it was so, in the theater when I saw it. So I that, that's what I think it, too. Uh, like if if I've, I if I saw it, I'm, it's at a theater. And let's, I'm just happy these days if it doesn't reveal the story. Like yeah. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It doesn't need to sell it to me because I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna make the decision to check out a movie regardless. But it, it yeah, as long as it doesn't tell me the whole story. The, the the whole almost the whole idea of a trailer is just like ludicrous if you really think about it. Yeah. Like watch this movie. Here are th- think parts of it that we're going to ruin for you in hopes that you pay us money to watch the rest of it. Like, I don't know. It's there, just such a to, weird concept. I, I think John's with me on this. There's a, a VIP. Oh God, I forget which theater it is. Um, Varsity. Yeah. I, I specifically would go to Varsity with the less comfortable seats because I know they wouldn't play a whole lot of commercials and trailers mm-hmm. beforehand. It, it's such a much more, well, they, well, much they more do, but if it's like, a, well, they started to, if it's like a, a special engagement, yeah, they won't, yeah, yeah. which often, has less fucked less me over a couple of times. Cause you get there late a little bit. And you think and you got like time? Started already? You think you get time to get extra butter yeah. on your popcorn? Yeah. But yeah, it's like you, no, you, you actually do yeah, not. You've been yeah. coddled into being having extra time before. Yeah, it started. exactly. By the way, I wanted to give a big, <laughs> big uh, props to Harrison Ford for putting in a shitty performance in that in that voiceover. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, so yeah the voice yeah. on I, purpose. I think I believe on the purpose. trivia on yeah, this on is that he he saw how terrible of an idea it was, so yep. he did the worst possible job with it. And it took six weeks to do it because he kept introducing himself as Han Solo. 
<laughs> and that's how we got off Air Force One. <laughs> yeah. So, got, yeah. so then I said, get off my, my plane. Get yeah. off my Falcon. <laughs> get, off, get off my Blade Runner. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So I want to move on. Just the last point. I mean, we had alluded to it. Should they have uh, the first thing that comes up to your, you know, in your mind when they make a trailer is should they have fucking made this trailer? No, sorry, not trailer. <laughs> Sequel. <laughs> I don't know what's Sequel. going on today. Can, can, can I can I ask a sub question of that? Sub question. What do we think is the best sequel of all time? And if you're going to say this movie, just fine. Say this movie and then say something else. It's The Godfather. Yeah. Part two. Yeah. Honestly. I know what you're gonna say. Sucker Punch Two. What? It's, yeah, I know, I know you're gonna say. I know, I know you think I'm gonna say Empire. Empire is one of the best tra- but, sequels of all time. As like Empire is one of my favorite, like if not my favorite. It's movie top ever. three sequels. But of all like time. as far as just sequels go, maybe T two. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. T two oh, yeah, no. exponentially yeah. Yeah. better oh, yeah. than the original. T two is just yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. Good action. I, I good, <laughs> good. My grandfather likes it, and it has a story. I watched. T2. That's how you know. I watched T two first, and, I, and it was still my favorite action. Movie Same here. I watched it first as well. Oh, I, saw I, T1 I watched T one only as like, oh, okay, I guess I should know. T one's good. Don't get me wrong. It's okay, but it's like but, I watched no, it. No, but T two is that, fucking. I love the scene in in T one where they're like trying to explain how he's not a Terminator. The cops are like, they're like, uh. Yes, and then he took his head and smashed it through a window. Like he was on PCP. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he was on PCP. But yeah, the, I don't know. Like, obviously, I'm gonna say like Empire is the better movie. But if we're talking about like, that's that's a different thing. Like the better sequel. But yeah, I'd say God, Godfather as well. Godfather is. But it's is, like uh, for me, it's like when you're talking about it, you say Godfather, and then you discuss the actual best because like, how are you gonna? Godfather 3 is the... No, Godfather, <laughs> Godfather 3. It's fantastic. I love Coppola's daughter. Yeah, I was going to say, we, Sophia Coppola. Well, we were talking about the whole sequel thing. This movie, uh, Blade Runner 2049, does what T2 does as well, which is it makes the world way better. Yeah. Right? Like you right? said, it makes it richer. For and sure. it makes yeah. it richer, which yeah. is great. But I, I would tend to agree that because T2 was so, you know, just incredible, I'd say that's probably the best straight-up sequel. Yeah. Of all time, uh, Blade Runner's in 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 that handful, though. I, I, think. I would say, like, I would compare it almost to like, if you've seen the new Breaking Bad movie, I won't spoil anything. But the, but the new Breaking Bad movie, it's like completely unnecessary, but so appreciated. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like Blade Runner, like you didn't need to make a Blade Runner sequel. It's not like there was this cliffhanger, and you're like, I need to know what happens. And the real cliffhanger, if you want to call it, is is Deckard a replicant, and right. that's still not really answered in the second mm-hmm. movie. If you want to get technical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they're like yes with the origami. Definitely, it's not answered. It's not answered. It's 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 not fully answered. Anyway, whatever. I'm just saying that you didn't necessarily need a sequel to the first one, but right. like it's so appreciated yeah. that they did. Like um, and like that's the same with El Camino with like the Breaking Bad movie. Yeah, you want to not watch a spontaneous disaster in front of your face when you love when you have like love for the original. Yeah. So yeah. I was like I said before, I was cautiously optimistic because Absolutely, of yeah. because of that. Um, no, I was way more. Than I was in despair until until he, I uh, saw the first trailer, and I'm like, okay, at least there's like a thematic similarity might might be good, but like I was and I visually, was not, it's gonna look yeah, as good, yeah. like be up there. When I heard about it, I was like, oh my god, they're just destroying my there's fucking a, favorite film ever. There's a there's a there's a film reviewer named Mark Kermody, I believe I'm saying that right. Mm. He was the guy with Werner Herzog when he got shot in the Hollywood Hills. Oh, really? By the way. But Th- anyway, throw back to our other. I episode. watched. Uh, he, he's, 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 he's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> he, uh, he he's a reviewer, I think, for the BBC Radio. Okay. Uh, primarily, anyway, my reaction while watching this movie was the same as his. About forty-five minutes in, I was just like, oh, "Thank God, yeah, this is gonna go properly. This is gonna be good." Oh, thank goodness. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to go completely off the rails at that point. Yeah, it was about the time that they started, just after they, about the time they started Lost. flying to San Diego. Oh, San Diego. Yeah. I was just like, okay, this is going to be amazing from here on out, and it's going to be it's going to be perfect. It's going to be good. Okay, I mean, perfect. Perfect is- as in like a sequel that is going to make me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If and a not- sequel is making you happy, I'm like, okay, you did it. It was really, it was really fucking good. It was really good. Okay, okay sub, sub, worst sequel. Okay, can we do a worst sequel? Quick, worst sequel? Quick, quick, quick worst sequel. Ooh. Oh, that's tough. Godfather 3. Return to Oz. Godfather 3. <laughs> I mean. Return just, to yeah, Oz. That's, that's just too numerous to count. I know, they make true. these like You know there's a Jarhead 2 and 3, right? No. Yeah, they're nothing to do with the original. Ooh, these like, studios shouldn't even be able to, you, to have to, rights to things. Yes, yeah. La- they really I, I say, shouldn't. I'd say Land Before Time 13. 
Dude, <laughs> okay, so I love the first 12. Land Before Time, and yeah, then come the, these straight the video. Yeah. There's so many. Any of them? straight to video sequel is immediately on that. Yeah, like, like a return to Jafar, like like a like the Return of Jafar and stuff. And oh, I like, I like Return of Jafar. John, it's, did you ever see? Terrible. Did you ever see Starship Troopers? It's not too? terrible. Yes, I did, and I'm very disappointed. I did. Was that the one that was literally shot in one location? Yeah, underground in a cave or something. Yeah, yeah they were like in a base or something that was uh, yeah. defending. It. Yeah, it I just awful. said Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I don't like this sand; it's coarse, and terrible. Jesus, worst dialogue in a sequel for sure. Yeah, it's the worst dialogue in anything I've ever heard. It's like it's just like absolutely terrible. And and you know you give it to Natalie Portman, who's an incredible actress, and even she can't make it work. It's, it's yeah, it's obviously going to be a problem. And this this movie, like the fact that you're not regretting it, you know, and that we're putting it up in the you know the pantheon of like. Well, best, best movie sequels, of the decade over here. Best so. movie of the decade mm-hmm. is you know. Which I would, obvi- I mean, obviously, I disagree because it's me, not it's my like choice. Top but five movies ever. I see. It, honestly, I'm going to be honest not with you guys. I'm not sure where your top five. Is. I like it a lot. It did not resonate with that's me okay. like the way the, that's, the way it did that's with okay, you guys. Though. Like okay. I like it a lot. Triggered. I think it's a beautiful movie. That's okay. But I would that's not fine. put it in I'm, the top. I I would put it in the top ten of that year for sure. But I'm the same decade, way. I really, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm not wa- like this was the third time I've watched it when I rewatched Second it. Time. This. I saw it once at theaters, and then I watched it uh, just the other day, like on yeah. Friday. Actually, what I love most about doing this, I got to rewatch the first one and then read part of Electric Sheep. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Phil K. D- mm-hmm. I love that book. Mm-hmm. Is it? It's. I haven't read it. Is it, it's short, right? Yeah. There's. Uh. There's a little. Di- it's a little different too. Like it, it. In Blade Runner, the they're like bioengineered. In the book, they're androids. Oh, it's like straight up. They're androids, androids. but like the but the 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 themes and the like ideas behind it are similar, and there's scenes that are de- like lifted directly from the book and everything mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. So it's pretty well. One of the last things I wanted to say just about it, the sequel and sort of hair and the question about Harrison Ford being an android or not. Yeah, this movie answered that question beautifully though in my opinion it doesn't matter exactly exactly i thought you were, i thought matter. you say it answered it. i'm like did no, it though it i was about matter. to like jump on you and then you're like it doesn't matter i'm like jump that's been the whole yeah. sort of driving theme i feel like of all of these movies and this movie kind yeah. of summed it up for me yeah with the way it ended it doesn't matter exactly. and you, you know what point. you know what guys that is an excellent point to finish up on uh thank you for discussing this movie john thank you for presenting this movie audience thank you for listening thank you all right, guys, thanks for listening. Just a reminder, if you like this podcast and want to keep hearing it, subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you're not already subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on social media, get on it. You will not regret it.